happy fucking new year. Welcome. Welcome back, everybody. It's Punta Vista Socialist Club in 2018. Episode 28. I'm Andrew. I'm here with Lucy. It's a fucking lot of episodes. Welcome to 2018. Doesn't even count the bonus episodes. It doesn't. Uh, Also, we have Ben. Second. Second on the list this time. Interesting. I'm, I was first, so I guess that's how 2018 is going to start. That's how my uh, my horoscope said it was going to start. <laughs> but you would be that I was going to be. I was. I was going to be in the center. That's all I'm saying. I'm a Scorpio. Continue. Oh, 2018, wow. we out here respecting women, putting them in their horoscopes. Yep, through, <laughs> via horoscope, uh, and of course, uh, bringing up the butt end, we have Theo. Hey, well, someone's got to be the bottom of the show, I guess. <laughs> I've always thought of you as a bottom. <laughs> I've I've always thought of Theo as a bottom. <laughs> yes, I've always thought of Theo as the um as the ass of the pantomime donkey. I've I've never thought of him as a top. That's all I'll say. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly not a power bottom either. This is a not a power an bottom, bottom. Not a top. <laughs> <sighs> So, uh, hi, Theo. Hi, how, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm extremely sweaty. Uh, <laughs> to the seat, basically nude. How are Why? You Why are you sweaty? Because it, it fucking sucks. It's like 100 degrees. <laughs> oh, all oh, right. Okay. Not, mm. not from being a top. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's not working up that kind of sweat. Uh, Theo, that's what you get for choosing to live in the scorched desert uh, that is the devil's country, Queensland. Mm. Actually, I mean, a desert would kind of be a relief at this stage because really, <laughs> and stop me if you've heard this, but it is the humidity that gets you. It's absolutely, the humidity. I picture you two being in a desert and one of you turning to the other and saying, hey, at least it's a dry heat. And that's-, well, that's quite good. Is that is that the far side? Is that a Gary Larson comic that you just described? <laughs> Damn, that's yes. a good reference. Hmm. Oh, thank you so much. Can we make far side jokes now instead of uh, Dilbert jokes? Well, I mean, if Gary Larson turns out to be like a weird sex MRA, I, then yes. I've had to check like once a year over the last five years to make sure that he's not actually dead because I haven't <laughs> heard anything horrible about him. Mm. <laughs> I feel like um I feel like both Gary Larson and uh Bill Watterson, who did uh Calvin and Hobbes, they both just they both just seemingly chose a really good point to say, I think I'm done. Gotta pull the plug and just go about living my life. What do you reckon they're doing? I reckon he um Gary Larson's probably big into woodwork. Uh, I think I, I think that neither of them are recording like four hour long live streams with Stefan Molyneux. That's what I think. Oh, fingers crossed. That's it's for the best. It's absolutely for the best. Uh, so here we are, folks. 2018, new year, new me. Uh, we're all out here making promises uh, to ourselves, to each other, to the world. None of us are going to keep them. It's fine. Uh, I don't really do new year resolutions. You guys, you guys got resolutions? Anyone got resolutions? Any anybody? My, my all right. I got one, which is I'm just gonna try and stop uh, biting my fingernails because I can't post a photo of anything that I'm holding online without people yeah. going, "Look at this guy's fucking fingernails." Oh man, I'm in a I'm in a similar boat here. My fingernails are garbage, trash. They look like, uh, you know, in Mulholland Drive, the the thing that's behind the restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> I have his fingernails. Hmm. Wow. Cool. Uh, so that's what I'm working on. I like to keep it. I like to keep it manageable. I like yeah. to keep it, you know, doable. Uh, what about you, Lucy? Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna date Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah, you got to keep it manageable. So that's perfect. No, no, no. I, I, people tell you they're like you gotta you gotta aim high. You know, you gotta apply for that job that you're not qualified for. So I figure in 2018, I'm gonna date Jake Gyllenhaal. What? What do you need to be qualified to date him? 
this is our qualif- this is our qualification, but it's like you got to aim high, right? You can't just you can't just like have a goal that's like go to the gym. It's like that's fucking that's bullshit. I'm gonna I mean, I'm gonna date basically Jake Gyllenhaal. An impossible goal. Yeah, that's that's an impossible goal. But dating Jake Gyllenhaal, that's like someone's got to do it. Someone's got to do. Someone's got to do it. Somebody's gonna date him, and it's like it's more likely than me going to the gym. So yeah, all right, that's anyway, fair. Yeah, um, 2018 Valenhall. all right so we've all got uh or ben you didn't actually answer the question you just kind of reiterated my answer which is cheating oh no i didn't say that i wanted to change uh what i do with my fingernails uh unlike you i'm not deluded enough to believe that i can stop this habit that i've had my entire life so that's that's not my resolution i'm just i'm just giving it a go i'm just giving it a go you should you should see it i've got little white fingernails now (laughs) I've got little white bits on the end. Uh, I, be- I okay. believe in you both. Thank you. Because- I'm not trying. Yeah. Well, I, is there anything you are going to try? Uh, yeah, my resolution for this year is mainly just I really, really would like to maintain exactly my current lifestyle, which is economically unfeasible and extremely unhealthy. Yeah. Uh, but if I can keep doing it without becoming heavily in debt and without dying, hmm. uh, that'd be sick. That'd just be a real sick year for me. All right. 2018, uh, no dying. Hell yeah. I hear a gecko. I hear a gecko in the background. Yeah. Oh, it looks like it's nature corner time. It could be a dolphin. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, it is out of sight. I could not tell you uh, if it is a gecko or a dolphin. So it could be a dolphin. Uh, conclusively. Or even which, which specific gecko it is. Well... Yeah, I couldn't tell you. So this is not, that's not the gecko that lives behind the picture frame. Uh, this is a gecko that's on the opposite wall. Don't really know anything about this gecko. Hmm. Don't know its story. Hmm. I wonder if those geckos uh, get along. <laughs> I couldn't tell you. Uh, there was some noises coming from my outside the living room window before, which I really hoped would continue into the podcast so they could go on Nature Corner. But uh, I don't know if listeners would be familiar with the sound that possums make either when they're mating or they're fighting i'm not sure but it's like that horrible fucking staccato growl it's a bad noise noise it's a horrible sound it's the most horrifying thing it's so bad uh but it has stopped so i can't thought that was just a regular fucking noise but i'm gonna have to to investigate that like hey uh yes a a shrieking possum that's (laughs) that's my girl yeah so, folks, we've got a couple of things to talk about today. Do we? Um, we've covered our important resolutions, our really important and realistic resolutions. Um, apparently, for some reason, Ben thinks that me not biting my fingernails anymore is less realistic than Lucy dating Jake Gyllenhaal. But let's not go any further oh, into that. That's fine. Oh, wait. It can is. we just briefly go further into that? Uh, can I just say, instead of Valenhall, uh-huh. have you considered <laughs> Lucy? Yeah. What? Juicy. <laughs> Juicy. I hate it. I hate it so All right. much. Well, okay. It's just oh. an idea. I, I, like, to... I might compromise depending on mm. depending on the sexual nature of our relationship, you know. <laughs> like how juicy it ends yeah, up being. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I'll, I'll, we'll, we'll revisit it later. Okay. We'll check in halfway through the year and see how you're getting on with it. We'll check in. Let's check in every episode. <laughs> see how it's going. See how much closer you are to this goal. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That sounds good. Sounds good. All right. So um, I thought maybe we could kick off the episode with just a brief bit of bit of a reading from um, what came in right on the buzzer as probably one of the the dumbest pieces of Australian writing of 2017. Uh, so this this one was like a real buzzer beater, December 31st, uh, filed away at midday. So that's not leaving a lot of time for anyone to come in with some really stupid shit after that point. Um, I am talking about a column that I read uh, sitting in a McDonald's uh, and I was reading the Daily Telegraph because that is the one location in which I will read the Daily Telegraph is a McDonald's uh, while my children play on the playground. Um, And this column was by Pierce Ackerman um, who I think, are we all pretty sure he's a big fucking idiot? Penis Wackerman. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's all I gotta say on it. 
I'll get the same. <laughs> the extreme confidence of that delivery. <laughs> yeah, I think I think that's fair to say, Lucy. I think it's fair to say. It's fair to say. I think say. we can all agree with yeah, that. That's fair to say. Uh, so, anyway. <laughs> so Pierce uh Pierce came in with his absolute fucking slam dunk uh, right at the end of the year. And he wrote a little um, a little retrospective about the year, uh, which he chose to title 2017, a year Aussies all took a stupid pill. Ooh. Big fucking slam on the entire country here. And he's not pulling any punches. Uh, well, I mean, he does pull one punch in that he's decided to go with, ah, uh, yeah, Aussies all took a stupid pill. Oh, just the, he's not being yeah. definite, like, yeah, this isn't the, the big dub year. He's like, well, this is just one of a number of years in which Australia <laughs> took a stupid pill. This is one of many. He writes a piece like this every year. Whether or not he submits it to a newspaper <laughs> is totally different. Um, so so let me give you a bit of, bit of peers here. Good riddance, 2017, a year of infantile emotionalism in which good governance was surrendered to the mob, the lowest common denominator. A year ago, the nation took a big, fat, stupid pill and is still in a coma. I um, I didn't know that that was a side effect of stupid pills. <laughs> I would have thought stupid pills make you stupid, but apparently they make you comatose. Well, I think if you take too many, surely you can become so dumb as to lose any kind of brain activity. Oh, no. No, they only took one. They took a big fat stupid pill. Yeah, well, it was. It, it clearly was not. It wasn't a regular sized stupid pill though. It was a big fat one. It was like one of those horse pills. Oh, so stupid pills come in different sizes. Mm. Okay, all right. Uh, that's why I was confused. Well, if, like yeah. if you can get a big fat one, what is that in comparison to? You know, um, uh, are the pills? Yeah, Panadol. <laughs> small little pills. Um, so it's worth pointing out with this column that Pierce manages to pretty much go through this amazing hit list in which he is uh, on the on the wrong side of history on every subject that he touches, and it's amazing. So I'm going to breeze through some of them here. Uh, nothing better symbolized the surrender than the ridiculous scenes permitted during the finale to the faddish campaign organized by GetUp, and he's put two exclamations after GetUp, which is interesting. And the loopy left to turn their backs on logic, on biology, on rational thinking to adulterate the millennia-held definition of the word marriage, all in the name of something called inclusiveness and so-called equality. Um, I feel like it's so-called. It's it's okay. Well, and also <laughs> something called inclusiveness. Do you mean inclusiveness? Inclusiveness. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It makes it sound like he's just unfamiliar with the concept in general. Something called inclusiveness? Yeah. You guys heard about this? Yeah. I'll try. I, re- I really like the suggestion that um, lobbying group uh, GetUp was able to just by themselves uh, organize support for marriage equality within a year. Like there wasn't anything going on before that point. Like no one was really into it until these guys started sending out like uh, email newsletters asking asking you to maybe vote for it. Well, well, well done to them if they did. That's uh, that's pretty good. So uh, he continues. The braying for equal rights to encompass same-sex marriage at a time when same-sex couples already enjoyed all the benefits that were given to other de facto's saw the concept of religious freedom trashed in the Australian Parliament. Not really, but whatever. <laughs> Give it, now, now this is a great sentence. Uh, Given the near hysterical woo woo wooing, <laughs> which is a very normal thing that everybody writes constantly, <laughs> I've heard before now. I I am imagining a professional wrestler Ric Flair um, <laughs> having a reaction to this. Given the near hysterical woo wooing with which millennials now greet readings of the new politically correct and gender free marriage act, which has zero mention of man and woman. Marriage now has all the solemnity of commitment as an episode from Seinfeld. What the fuck? <laughs> Number one, super timely reference. An episode from exactly. Seinfeld. Exactly. It's not an episode of Seinfeld. It is an episode that has been sent to you from uh, Jerry. <laughs> I, I just don't understand. Why, why has he chosen Seinfeld here? 
I don't. What? I, I, it's like, is he thinking that that's the funniest show he can think of? With solemnity of commitment, it is, is it a show that doesn't c- commit? I don't. I. It, well, oh, is it is it because they all um, date and fuck a lot on Seinfeld? I think that's what you're getting at. <laughs> they do fuck a lot on that show. Yeah. Well, Jerry's fucking someone different every episode. Jerry's. I Which, feel like Jerry's not fucking anybody. Jerry's fucking. Oh, all, they're constantly. Fucking. Jerry fucks. Is, Jerry fucks like just nonstop models for I, the whole show. I can't picture. I can't picture Jerry fucking. They never show a mid fuck. Uh, <laughs> the show aired at about five thirty p.m. on primetime television, yep. so that's There's no fucking. It's one of the limited. There wasn't a lot of hardcore sex on that show. Um, it was also. It's like a Dragon Ball Z. Actually, if you get the unabridged ones, uh, some fucking crazy shit happens in mm. that. I strongly suggested that um, Kramer was just a, a mad, a mad animal in the sack. Um, even George got to fuck really pretty girls. Um, and and Elaine, I feel like Elaine was very ahead of her time because she was just nailing dudes constantly and tossing them to the curb. So I'm fucking good on good on Elaine. Yeah, good on that. Well, well done to Elaine from Seinfeld. Yeah. She was also the first to whack off on uh, the contest. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. Did you know that women can jerk off now, Lucy? No. Why didn't anybody hmm. tell me? <laughs> <laughs> That's a joke. All right. That's funny because so I joke the whole time. Continue. Yep. <laughs> That's what you've got to do. Uh, so the, all, That's what you've got to do. All it's not what I've got to do. Well, I, I do because I love my body, Ben. Specifically, my penis. My penis whack. My penis whackerman. <laughs> <laughs> That's the title of the episode right there. Um, so, uh, Pierce, Pierce continues with his very smart... <laughs> comments. Uh, lowering the bar to permit women to work on the front line in the New South Wales Fire Department is dumb. Having defense chiefs similarly invoke positive discrimination is as stupid. Uh, it doesn't provide a lot of evidence for that one. Um, equal means equal. Not having promotions based on gender quotas. Being a realist is to invite accusations of bigotry and discrimination from the self-anointed brigade of the easily, if not permanently, offended. Um, I, I want to take a moment to note, uh, that he has, he's really got a lot of harsh words for this, um, brigade of easily offended people in the middle of this column that is 100% about things that have severely offended him that took place this year. It's almost like he's incredibly dumb. Yeah. He's he's maybe a little bit stupid. Universities, once oases of civil, free and wide ranging discourse, Okay. Uh, succumbed easily and early before the cohorts of the closed minded. The proliferation of so called safe spaces where student snowflakes can retreat from challenging discussion of ideas makes a mockery of the very tenets of education. Australians were once noted for their open minded approach to debate. Uh, were they? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. We love that. Yep. We definitely love having a diversity of opinion in the Australian media, for sure. Most open-minded nation in the world. Uh, Now, whole topics are declared off-limits. I I just, I really want to interrogate this idea that all of these, like, 50, 60-year-old conservatives have, that universities are, like, this weird, like, classical Greek philosophy era thing where a bunch of people in robes stand around in auditoriums yelling philosophy ideas at each other in like powerful intellectual debate instead of just a place that you like turn up to you sit down you watch a guy talk you fall asleep in a lecture hall you wake up you piss off and you go drink beers on a lawn somewhere like it's never been this institution of great ideas being expounded upon it's like school, but you don't have to really do much. Well, and I'm I'm at uni at the moment, and I can say that ninety percent of uni students are seventeen to nineteen year olds uh, years old and incredibly stupid. Like, why do we care what ten thousand seventeen year olds have to say? They don't know anything. That's why they're seventeen. Hmm. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm always thinking the same thing, though, which is I don't I, – I, I assume that people like him are getting 
their information from the same places as people like a friend of the show, Miranda Devine, and her columns about how now everyone in universities has to do jazz hands instead of clapping because when you clap, it makes all the women in the class feel like they're being raped. And like, which again is just one of those things that as soon as you look into it, you go, oh, there's this one like hypothetical example somebody gave at like one university one time five years ago. And she's still referring to that in every single article kind of thing. Yeah, like the, the canonical safe spaces example was like one university in the US like five years ago. Yeah. And they're like, well, all universities now, 90% of every university campus is a designated safe space where you're not allowed to say the N-word. And that's a crime. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, he continues. Now, I, I should say I like... I like how many things we've he's already touched on here. He's, um, and I've like I've cut this down a lot from his actual column where he's very mad about like Gillian Triggs. He's very mad about um, he's very mad about the the Queensland University of Technology where uh, Daisy Cousins' boyfriend got eighteen seed for being super racist and all that sort of stuff. Uh, but he continues on. A pop star politics reign. Vacuous celebrity nincompoops are lauded for their inanities. Look at the juvenile lord recently falling thrall to the fanatical boycott divestment sanctions movement and demonstrating an astounding level of ignorance in cancelling an appearance in Israel, the only democracy in the Middle East. Sure, you might say that she's uh, cancelling a performance in also the only like active apartheid state that she's been asked to perform in. Anyway, let's not get bogged down in the specifics. Uh, it just it, it's just hit after hit with him. I love it. Because of the hysteria over the widely promoted assumption that global warming is a result of human activity, ignoring volcanoes. <laughs> oh, this is just, it's such a great mental image. Ignoring volcanoes. Of like just, yeah, it's like a bunch of scientists looking at all these gra- graphs and just being like, man, it just seems like it's getting hotter. Is there anything that would account for this? Probably not. Well, like in the background, there's a volcano going off. Thousands of ev- everywhere on the horizon, you can just see there. dozens of volcanoes <laughs> erupting. Um, ignoring volcanoes, even the presence and profound effect of the sun's radiation. Did you guys know the sun is hot? The sun. Oh fuck, we forgot about the sun. <laughs> the sun. God damn it. Get this. Science says that the sun is almost as hot as the stuff inside volcanoes. Because of the hysteria over the widely promoted assumption that global warming is a result of human activity, the Enviro-Nazis have ensured that our industry is being exported along with our coal to nations where both will see their populations enriched while ours is being impoverished. Uh, that's us. That's us with our impoverished country uh, shipping all of our coal off to extremely rich uh, India. It should be noted that a century ago, the Bolsheviks promoted equality as their universal goal. Today's students wouldn't be aware of the Russian Revolution. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Okay. Yeah, I never, I never heard about the Russian Revolution. You can, you can no, say no young people, No young people have ever heard of it. But like the French Revolution just over a century earlier, it failed in all its aspirations and led to chaos followed by mass murder and totalitarian dictatorship. What? I'm pretty sure, like, quite a lot of things about how modern governments have formed it all stemmed from, like, the French Revolution. Like, uh, well, the uh, whole concept of modern democracy is based upon the French Revolution. So, well, I like I like the suggestion that it failed in all its aspirations, um, despite like the I haven't checked in lately, but the French don't still have a king. <laughs> I haven't checked out. Honestly, I don't. I don't know anything about France. I, I couldn't tell you. Well, some walking encyclopedia, man. Uh, I could be wrong. Um, now, s- someone, see if you can explain this next sentence to me, okay? Uh, why, when the monstrous horrors of Nazi Germany, eclipsed by the terror of Soviet Russia and the monstrous, uh, sorry, and the murderous Mao, are any aspects of these regimes still held in some regard today? Am I missing something? Did the monstrous horrors of Nazi Germany get eclipsed by anything else that has happened since then? Mm. That's 
that's pretty much the big bad one, right? That's yeah. I mean, as is commonly understood. I yeah. just I think that's what he's saying, though, is that we consider that the big bad one when we should consider these other things bad or worse. Um, which you know, that yeah, that Soviet Russia uh, is is far more terrifying than uh, yeah the systematic murder of six million people in gas chambers. Uh, yeah, that's fine. And look, he finishes on a strong note. In 2018, we must do so much better. We can all agree, penis. Um, it's good every time. It's look just like bang out the full article if you want, because it it goes into a lot more detail about all the things that you should be really mad about. And penis, penis, like a man. Penis, like a man. They they 100 percent <laughs> extend to people I disagreed with. His penis extends. Yep. <laughs> to be a wacker man. <laughs> <laughs> to be wackered, man. So yeah, I thought I thought he really came in under the radar, came out of nowhere and just absolutely nailed an extraordinarily dumb piece of writing. And I will give him props for that. I will whack his penis when I see him. Yeah, that that sucks. Um and he looks like Roger Ebert with full body gout. <laughs> 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 uh, so um it might be time to check in with dear friend of the show andrew bolt before we launch into this we should definitely stress that he is an ally a friend of the podcast <laughs> uh, someone who we now think is good uh all of his opinions are correct uh and we love him uh, now i'm sorry you were saying uh, staunch leftist andrew bolt has been writing on his um blog which is short for weblog. And <laughs> thank you. And now you'll be pleased to know that he's he's been doing some thinking. And like many of, of the greatest conservatives out there, uh, Andrew has created a trap of logic. Now, for international listeners, um, you may not be aware of a pretty uh, fucked up event that took place in Melbourne uh, a week or two ago where a uh, guy uh, rammed his car into a bunch of pedestrians on the street yeah, that uh, killed them. Sucked. That was shit. Yep. Uh, so, of course, we had um, a very similar sequence of events to uh, the similar situation in 2016, where um, a guy was blasting through the middle of the city and um, was like going up on footpaths and down uh, like Burke Street and Flinders Street and stuff and uh, just mowing people down. And of course, uh, lots of uh, conservatives in air quotes, or if you like racists, um, immediately got into the whole, oh, when are they going to tell us how Muslim this guy is and how he's murdering everyone for Allah? Um, and it turned out to be a guy called Demetrius uh, Gagasoulis, who was out of his fucking brain on ice and running away from the police. Yeah, so it turned out that it wasn't a terrorist attack. It was a dude who was super fucking high on ice, um, blasting his car through the middle of the city. So, the se- like, I haven't been following it super closely, but the sequence of events in... Uh, this latest incident seemed to have played out as a similar sort of thing. Somebody has run a bunch of people down the city. Uh, a bunch of people have immediately assumed that the guy is a uh, fanatical jihadist. Uh, the police have then said, no, not really. Uh, and then they've said, oh, yep, we've got him. He's uh, a really mentally ill dude who was super high on ice. Um, there you go. It's fucked up. That's, that's what happened. Um, Andrew Bolt, however... He's not taking that. I'm not taking that shit lying down. And so he has written a post on his blog, which is shot for weblog. And this post has been titled, Police Won't Call the Muslim Afghan Who Ran Down People in Melbourne a Terrorist. He goes on to say, he is a person who is known to have a mental illness. In fact, he was on a mental health treatment plan and missed an appointment yesterday. Could well be true. But I have a question. Japan has very few Muslims. How many mentally ill people there run down pedestrians? Bam. Fucking check and mate. It's the perfect you, logic trap. That's it. How the fuck do you get out of that? Huh? 
yeah, Andrew Andrew seemed pretty convinced that that was an airtight case, um, except for uh, the times that that has happened in Japan really recently uh, by a Japanese guy. Uh, yeah, I mean, if you you don't have to go back very far. I mean, um, so the guy in Melbourne uh, in 2016, he was not a Muslim guy, so he didn't get called a terrorist. Uh, there was a situation in um, Sagamahara in a care center um, where a guy who um, claimed that he wanted to kill disabled people left at least 19 people dead and 26 others injured after a knife attack at a care facility in Japan. Uh, that guy was not a Muslim, so he didn't get called a terrorist. Um, Andrew Bolt very conveniently somehow didn't find out about this guy in the course of doing this column. He did update the column to say, ah, one of my readers has weighed in with information about how the last terrorist attack in Japan was over 20 years ago. And he pointed to like the sarin gas attack in the subway, you know. Uh, but he did manage to forget about the guy a couple of years ago, a 25-year-old who um, rammed a truck into a crowd of shoppers and then got out and stabbed uh, the people that he ran over, killing six men and one woman and injuring 11 other people. Um, but I guess that to Andrew, that doesn't count as a terrorist attack because that guy was Japanese. Well, that's well, so I think you've just discovered the next layer of his uh, totally impenetrable logic trap yes. in that only terrorist attacks are committed by uh, Muslims. Uh, if it's not, then you can't call it a terrorist attack. So check and also mate. Incredible. We've been beaten by our own logic. We have been hoisted uh, by our collective petards. Mm. Um, how many petards have you guys got? Just one we share between all of us. So like a giant mappy. By collective petards, you mean collective petard. Our one collective petard. Well, this, yeah, it's the, it's the podcast petard. It's... <laughs> <laughs> It's a shared petard, yes, definitely. I don't, I don't want to come across. I don't want to sound like a dumb asshole or a stupid idiot or a, a dense fuckface who doesn't a know shit about anything. A massive I, I fucking moron. A big fucking jag off with no brain who doesn't know anything. Can someone mm-hmm. tell me what a petard is? Is is this I problematic? No, I think that's don't do this. By stalks. Uh, ben, let me explain to you that hoist with his own petard is a Shakespearean idiom from Hamlet, meaning to cause the bomb maker to be blown up with his own bomb. A petard is a small bomb used for blowing up gates and walls when breaching fortifications. It is of French origin and dates back to the 16th century. A typical petard is a conical or rectangular metal device containing two to three kilograms of gunpowder with a slow match for a fuse. Can I just say uh, thank you for using the correct French pronunciation of petard. Petard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so uh, that's what a petard is. I've uh, I've always been picturing some sort of um, pike or lance or something because it made sense to me that yeah, you'd be hoisted, hoisted up. up. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. But uh, we're all smarter now today. Yep. yep. Except uh, uh, people listening that already knew that, uh, and they can go fuck themselves. Yeah, you think you're better than us? You, you fucking smug prick. Look at me, I know what a petard is without having to look it up. I went to uni and passed and graduated. All right, so um, so just quickly, look, uh, here's an important question. Should we, should we just move on? Yes. To covering, covering a tale, covering a tale about Australia's most beloved cricketer, Warning. Warning. Where's the warning? Warn. 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 Where is Shane Warn? <laughs> Shane Warn is over there. Shane Warn. <laughs> Shame one is here. <laughs> so, 
Welcome. Oh, God. <laughs> Welcome back to the wide world of where the fuck is Warning. Oh, I really enjoyed the level of razzmatazz you put on that one. Horny warning. Horny warning this week. Horny. Now, I have not, in fact, written up the horny warning notes. I couldn't find them. I couldn't find them. I was looking for them, though, and I found a different story. But just really quickly, um, should we just cover exactly what you're talking about, Lucy? Was this Shane Warne publicly defending his reputation as a man who fucks good? Was he? No, this was in the this was in the Telegraph, and someone asked him um, how he ended up married to a supermodel, Beth oh, right. um, <laughs> Uh And he answered that basically, uh, it's just because I'm amazing in the sack. Um, and he went on uh, to to say, um, you know, all that stuff in Austin Powers, uh, all of the dirty stuff. Uh, well, just imagine that, but more. <laughs> it's all true. Oh, Austin, Austin. you make me randy, baby. <laughs> it's literally right. Wait. Oh, warning! Behave. Oh, yeah. Behave, baby. Warning. So, in looking for that particular piece, uh, can you can you just do that voice for the rest of the show, Lucy? Yeah, baby. Be. <laughs> so, um. In looking for that piece, I found a different piece, and it was very interesting to me. I feel like it is extremely revealing to the uh, to the inner heart of the man we know as Shane Warne. Warning. Uh, let me please break it to you. Um, so it was the summer of two thousand and two. Sorry, sorry, Ben. I give you permission. It just you just asked. Good. If I could let you, and I will. I will let you do it. Can you can you call it the summer of sixty nine? Just for fun. <laughs> Sure. It was the summer of 69, and the Australian cricket team had heard whispers some members of the Brisbane Lions premiership winning AFL squad would join them in the dressing room after the play. Warren, a giant St. Kilda fan and lover of all things AFL, was more excited than most to be in the presence of some Aussie rules royalty. So after spending a long day toiling in the field, Warren raced back to the dressing rooms. This was unusual, fast bowler Jason Gillespie revealed, because Warren would normally be among the last to leave the field. It was, after all, his arena, and he typically would soak up every moment while out in the centre. Well, that does sound like Shane Warren, uh, soaking up the attention. But on this occasion, the Australian team filtered into the dressing room and were immediately drawn to Warren's corner where he sat, sans playing gear, with a beer in one hand and a cigarette in the other. He was a picture-perfect image of the old-school Aussie cricketer, Old school, ice pack on the knee, dart hanging out of the gob, notes Gillespie. But it wasn't just... <laughs> Sorry. Stop the fucking show. Yes. Come on. I don't watch cricket, no. Theo. Are you going to get mad about a name? <sighs> Is it G- Gillespie? Is that what it's I should absolutely- let's, let's Let's move on. Have you ever <sighs> seen that name with a soft G variant? Gillespie. Gillespie. <laughs> this is my friend, Senor Gillespie. <laughs> just for the rest of the show, I'm doing Grillespie. <laughs> but it just wasn't horny. He w- <laughs> now, you guys have really, oh, you guys have really uh, stolen the thunder from this next sentence. So I'm going back. Okay. Old school. Ice pack on the knee. Dart hanging out of the gob. Notes. Hoesby. But it just wasn't Warney. He was more of a West Coast cooler kind of guy, Fleming chimed in. How do we explain it? Sure enough. Can we explain a West Coast cooler to okay, a, so West, an international audience? I think they, the, the, the Yanks have wine coolers as well. Is it, is it, a, yep. is it a wine cooler? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I haven't so, seen a West Coast cooler. I haven't seen one. Literally, literally the last time I saw one was we had them in the fridge at the seafood restaurant I worked at when I was 17, and I believe that was the last time I yeah, saw one. Yeah, that sounds about right. Look, I will say this. A West Coast cooler is fucking delicious. Right. Googling it. I want to see if uh, BWS still has these bad boys. Look, if they got them, get one of those tiny four-packs and drink a couple, be, and then thank it'll yourself. It'll be our official drink if they're still there. Oof. Uh, 12 bucks for a uh, four pack at uh, your local Dan Murphy's. That's expensive. I don't, yeah. ha- I don't have a local Dan Murphy's, so that's not that's that's not particularly convenient that's to me. 
Yeah, fuck that. Fuck you, Shane Warren. So, <laughs> well, he's on that cricketer salary. Um, so, we're about to reveal, reveal some more insights into the man here. Sure enough, it quickly made sense. The AFL players had arrived and Warren is holding court, reveling in his role as the ultimate old-school cricketer, much to the amusement of teammates who were quietly remarking that the all-time great was, quote, not a noted beer drinker. <laughs> but, but nobody dared question the king, a moniker Warren gave to himself, Gillespie insists. <laughs> Can I just, uh, I reckon not a noted beer drinker, which is here in quotation marks, sounds like a 1950s euphemism for saying that someone was gay. It does a little, I, I feel oh, like it's know, a... You know, Jeff, he's a not a noted beer drinker, mm-hmm. if you catch my mind. Drift? Not known for drinking beer. Yeah. No one said anything until Warren's partner in crime and fast bowling legend Glenn McGrath entered. McGrath's one of the guys. Oh, Jesus come on, Christ, come on, Andrew. McGrath. Am I supposed to be saying McGrath? Yeah. Oh, we're going to sit you down in front of a fucking cricket match one of these days. Not, not if I've got anything to do with it. <laughs> it's not, it's not my bag. Anyway, Glenn McGrath arrived. <laughs> He's one of the guys who'd say what everyone else is thinking, Gillespie explains. <laughs> now, it should be noted that this is Glenn's nickname, Big Pidge. <laughs> <laughs> Big Pidge walks in, takes a glance, has a second look, and he's very particular, Pidge. He takes his baggy green off, puts it on the hook, and he's just sitting down and lacing his boots until he can't take it anymore. Warney, what's going on here? He inquires. What, Pidge? What? exclaims a wide-eyed Warn. What are you doing drinking a beer? Warnie, I've played test cricket with you for 10 years and I've never seen you drink a beer, McGrath continues. Then came the line Gillespie claims is now etched in Australian dressing room folklore. Pidge, I always have a beer on polling day. I, like, I absolutely love that this entire story is about Shane Warne just wanting to look uh, like a little bit tougher in front of football players. The entire <laughs> thing is just about him wanting to to cool. just to just drink a beer one time in front of footy players so he doesn't look like a pussy. Look, I can massively respect this move as someone who has <laughs> formatively been trying to do masculinity uh, <laughs> since I was about 14. Uh, I've all been there. I've been there. It's stressful. It's hard. Uh, and uh, I respect it. We made a pact that day that one of us, after each day's play when we were out on the field, would hightail it off the ground, race in, open an ice-cold, frosty beer, and lovingly place it on the king's gear near his fags and just let him enjoy that. Gillespie <laughs> explained. This is... Uh- Little known fact about Shane Warne uh, is that he always had a small collection of gay men ready for him, but he, he came off the field. Mm. Um, for Americans, that's an expression for cigarettes. For cigarettes. He's a stubborn man. He's a very proud man. And there were a few teapots. He's standing with his hands on his hips. But to his credit, for the rest of those test matches, he drank all of those beers. <laughs> He was sitting down and that beer was going down like absolute razor blades and everyone was in on the joke. I like that the whole joke was just that Shane had to drink beers that he didn't want to drink. And he got really um, he got really mad about it, which I can picture. I can picture him getting very upset about having to drink the beers. He just had to drink one beer before he could get back into his West Coast coolers. Well, I'm, it must have worked because... It, there's, you know, there's that super iconic picture of him putting his entire mouth around a beer glass. <laughs> so clearly at some point he did find a taste for beer. I guess so. I guess so. God love him though. I like God that um, our Where in the World is Shane Ward segment has stopped being a literal question of where he is in the world right now, but it's more of an existential exploration of his place in the world. Yeah. <laughs> Where is Shane Warne on the inside? You know? <laughs> Where is Warney? Mm, well, he did have his, his big recent blow up in the media about being very angry at the insinuation that he has ever dated women. 
Um, I think he would prefer more accurate reporting that he, in fact, stays at home um, just thirst-liking thousands and thousands of pictures on Instagram and Twitter. He's, he's just watching American Pie films. He's just... He's, just, <laughs> he's, he's got, he's got like... Stiff Meister. He has an American Pie film running uh, in the background while he just scrolls through an Instagram feed liking pictures of women in bikinis. He's just in the mirror trying to be the Stiff Meister. He's just standing there focusing like... Oh, yeah, dude. Stiff Meister, dude. Thing is, like, stiff, Stiffler says what we all want to say, you know? Exactly. He's a real dickhead, but He's you've got to love him. But you've got to love him. <laughs> He's a classic. <laughs> oh. So, folks, we're moving on. Moving on up or sideways, maybe just sideways. Mm-hmm. Um, moving over sideways to this big, this big Hessian sack. That I've got that um that has mail written on it in large capital letters. Uh, I'm surprised that the postal service delivered it to me in that form. A little angry. I'm gonna contact them. I'm gonna ask to speak to somebody. Uh, but until then, I'm just gonna have to dive into this frankly uh, rough, rough textured sack. I do not like the feel of it against my skin. And I'm gonna pull out a letter. We're going to pull out some letters. We Wait, asked- hang on. I'm sorry. Is that is that why you object to Australia Post delivering it in a sack? Because to me, that's better than them giving us a sack's worth of mail loose because then you'd have to pull it all out one by one. So the sack is actually quite convenient, but you don't like the texture of the sack and that's why it's a problem. No. Well, look, for starters, I would like you to picture the image of uh, my front door having one of those mail slots in it. And there is oh. a big there's a big pile of mail in front of my front door blocking it like a snowdrift. That's so how many like a, letters we got, right? The start of the first Harry Potter film kind of scenario. Yeah, that's whatever happens in the Harry Potter movies. That's <laughs> that's fine. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like what happens instead is that they, they push all those fucking letters through and then... Uh, the postman just just feeds this big dirty Hessian sack through into there, and then I got to put all the letters back into it myself, and it's fucked up either way. Wait, so they're not even you hate the texture, but you're taking the time to put the letters in the sack and then pull them all back out when you could just ignore the sack. Well, I got to move the letters from the front door to the lounge room. I can't just you, be blocking up the door for everybody. It's a laundry basket. Anything really? Pillowcase. Next week, uh, <laughs> next week I will use an entirely different thing. Well, no, it has to come out of the mailbag, so it's kind of a moot point. Really. Well, do we have mailbag? Sure. Well, I do now. Jeez, they won't stop delivering. Wait, are they giving anyway, you a new sack every time? <laughs> yes. Yep. And it's wasteful. It's frankly wasteful. I know where all of Australia Post's money is going now, and why they can only <laughs> afford to deliver mail at one point five days a week. It's it's robots and Hessian sacks. <laughs> Why isn't this working? <laughs> so uh, we asked we asked for some letters for our very physical and real mailbag that we've just been talking about. Um, we asked for any any questions you might have, but also um, any any of the old um, New Year's resolutions people might have made. Uh, so, a good friend of the show, uh, Sophie Beer, who is a lovely cartoonist, um, you can find her on Twitter at Sophie Beer Draws, um, says that her her New Year's resolution is uh, the golden work-life balance, which she's striving to achieve. She's keen to hear the point of view on achieving this. So, Ben, can you please explain how you have reached this oasis of work-life balance that you have currently? Um. Well, I mean, serious answer is that I, I just downgraded to a job that pays me far less uh, and I just sort of made my budget work. I, I work I only work three days a week and I do a little bit of freelance work either side of there and I find that having a four-day weekend is uh, enough to enjoy living your life without wanting to kill yourself hmm. and working three days is enough for me to cover my rent and about half of my bills. And it's uh, it's really really good. And I would I would recommend it to everyone. Don't just work to your full capacity because you're told that you should. Uh, you always end up sort of finding a way to live to the means that you have, 
And if you don't have any responsibilities, then fucking just chill out and work less and have more naps and drink beers in the sun a bunch. It's really good. Damn, that's hmm. inspiring. It's really good. I'd honestly, I recommend it to everyone. I'm, I'm, I contribute basically nothing to society. <laughs> uh, I, my career progression is more or less nil, but uh, every week of my life is actually really nice, and it uh, it rules. Nice, nice. Hmm. Has anybody has anybody else got a better answer than that? Uh, <laughs> okay. uh, no, Theo probably does. I bet he hmm. does. Well, well, I took the ben, I took the Ben route, and I started working three days a week as well. Oh. Uh, I have the bonus of having uh, a sugar mummy, though. Um, that's oh, always nice. No, oh, Do not refer to Caitlin that way. Mm. Um, she, she's his sugar top. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, but... I, I, of course, uh, immediately offset that by uh, doing full-time uni and not giving myself a moment's rest uh, and wanting to die all the time. So, mm. uh, yeah, I, just to append uh, Theo's, don't do not do what he does and try and get all sevens in everything uh, because you will uh, kill yourself. Mm. Uh, don't yeah. do what Donnie don't does. Yep. Mm. Yep. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. My suggestion is uh, be like me and just be uh, really, really lucky in every aspect of your life, and just just fall fall ass backwards into having just the kind of job you want. Um, that's really keen about thrusting a great work life balance upon you. So just try and get that going. Damn, that's inspirational. My my advice was just to be like work a shitty job but you can like drink every night i mean that is good yeah yeah, yeah. Right. if you work a shitty job where you don't have a lot of responsibility you can just drink all the time so that's that's a work-life balance just to take the edge off yeah yeah to, to take the edge off every night all right uh important question here uh from good friend of the show dave uh dave asks who will be the Bill Leak of 2018? And then in parentheses, uh, awful person who dies, and it's good that they did. Ah, oh, so someone who's going to die. Okay. Um, mm. The Queen. I think the Queen will oh, die soon. Queen. I, I don't know if the Queen is awful. I, I, I mean, I'm sure basically anyone with a better knowledge of history and politics than I have could easily argue that she is awful. She, yeah, she's uh, awful at heart, but she's, but, not, she's not like outwardly awful. She's also, she's on coins. You know, I've seen that face a lot. She seems nice. I know that one time uh, she got a medal for bravery because there was like an attack and she rode away on her horse really well. <laughs> uh, so that's pretty cool. Oh, yeah, they're always giving out medals for fleeing an attack, aren't they? Yeah. Oh, well. Yeah. Hmm. Um, well, look, we can all, I guess, is... Should we hope that the answer is Donald Trump? Should we hope that his heart explodes from his um, nothing but filled a fish diet? Is there what about Donald Trump awful looking mum? Oh, yeah. She's got to go. Is there any, like, Bill Leake figures, like a, a cartoonist or a writer? Well, it's Bill Leake's son. Oh, Rowan Dean. Son. Wouldn't it be great if Rowan oh, Dean God. just fell off a fucking, fucking cruise ship? Drop dead. <laughs> no, Rowan Dean is astonishingly vital. I mean, any time I've seen him, he's always full of energy. He's very alive. But what if his spaghetti-ass hair <laughs> like, came got trapped down in an escalator into his, into his mouth <laughs> and it went down his throat and he choked hmm. on his own spaghetti-ass hair? In his sleep? That'd be in great. Yep. We can only hope. We can only hope. Um, uh, Theo, you got any suggestions here? Who would you like to see die, Theo? Who do you want to oh, murder, Theo? This seems exactly like the sort of question you love answering. <laughs> um, I think, um, I think uh, there's a question coming up on other Probo artists, so I might leave it, might leave it to that. I'm not going to say that I want Lunig to die. Um, <laughs> but. I will. But. I it is possible that he has suffered brain death already. Hmm. Yeah, I got to agree that um, it's, it's like. Actually, I, I think a, a relatively safe answer, just 
statistically likeliness wise and also because of his axe. Uh, Kissinger is 94. Oh, yes. No, hmm. I hope he dies. Hmm. Yep. Yeah, okay. All right, so um, can we uh, can we collectively put the Bunta Vista curse on uh, Henry Kissinger for 2018? Heard it here first. Okay, all right. <laughs> I all can't right. imagine where else he would have heard it first if it was not here. Same <laughs> 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 numbers up. My, myself and Jake will endorse that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right, so... <laughs> sure. <laughs> Uh, so, a good friend of the show, Connor Stokes, asks, um, is it possible for a cartoonist to become unproblematic again if they get hit in the head a second time, like amnesia in a cartoon? Yeah. I think yeah, we yeah, should absolutely. try it. I think we should try. Yeah. I think so. We need listeners to conduct an experiment, but it's very important that they all just keep track of how many of them there are, because we need an odd number of listeners. Mm. To get an even number of listeners uh, to uh, whack um, uh, Lunig on the head, uh, you know, like two, four, six times, uh, you, you're stuck with the same problem. I, you I, was, one. I was trying to remember if I had invented that Lunig had had a head injury. Uh, so I just no, Googled. He, he really oh, no, he's had yeah, injury. He's, yeah. he's had a pretty yeah, he severe head injury. The first, the first result when you Google it is just. Michael Lunig on trauma of the head and heart. It's <laughs> <laughs> in first person. He wrote the article. It's, uh, oh, God. The, the opening sentence of the article is, a year and a half ago, I suffered a concussion injury when a steel trapdoor came down on my head. Damn. <laughs> uh, hey, Lucy. Trapdoors. Hey, Lucy. Mm, yes. Uh, trauma of the fart. <laughs> <laughs> what does this mean? Oh, all right. Um, okay, we've uh, we've answered that question, and the answer really is fun. yes. Yeah, the answer is yes. Yes, but all... also, I I would like someone to test the theory. Yep, that's this week's crime past. If you know a cartoonist, hit them push twice them on the, the head. If they're not racist the afterwards, I feel no, you like you're gonna push them off something. Got to hit them once and observe, and then hit them again. No, it's like it's like the fucking uh, Roadrunner and Coyote. You've got you've got to do the same thing. You've got to push them off a balcony. I think other cartoon rules work as well, though. Like a coconut dropped on top of their head uh, would definitely do it, to my mind. Yeah, mm-hmm. True, like a, or like a, a big coconut pulled up by Polly. Yeah, that would be great. Piano. An if you've got an anvil, large hammer. Crime pass. Uh, yeah, crime pass is finding any cartoonist and giving them an insane head injury by dropping a, a large cartoon object on them. Not yeah. like yeah. something violent, like don't hit them with a baseball bat or something. Like it's got to be comical. Yeah. No, look, it's like if it's if it's if you're going to do it properly, you got to get like an Acme brand anvil, mm. um, and push it off something from a great height. And f- frankly, your chances of hitting them are not great anyway. So, um, work on it. Work on it. That's all I'm saying. Uh. Next question from friend of the show, Amy, um, not at all Theo's nemesis. Um, Amy, Amy says, uh, who will lose their leadership position first in 2018? Uh, Turnbull, Shorten, Trump, May, or Andrew? <laughs> Ooh. Wow. Ooh. I'd never thought mm. of that. I never thought we could take down Andrew. That's true, but then you'd have to do the work. Yeah, I don't want to do that. Uh, the no, coup is called off. That's fine. Andrew can stay. Um, yeah. I'm going to say Theresa May. I'm going to say yeah. Turnbull. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's. I feel like he's going to go down soon. I reckon. I reckon the Liberals are more scared of turfing another person um, than than the the Tories are of getting rid of May because she's hmm. dead, dead lady walking over there. Maybe. Theo, what do you reckon? Well, I think um, I think they got to ride the, t- the Turnbull thing out. Yeah, I think mm. I think Andrew's right. Um, but like, oh, how many how many of those polls can you see with with Shorten? Um, like, where um, you've got the preferred party and Labor's way ahead. I mean, they've been way ahead on the um, on the polls for ages, and then it's preferred leader 
or preferred prime minister and Turnbull's still beating Shorten. Like, um, I don't, I don't think I've ever seen a, a poll where Shorten's come up where the people think, oh no, he's a good, inspiring leader. So surely at some point, um, they got to cut the deadwood. I think the problem is that both parties are just hamstrung now. You know, they've, They've both made it an attack point that the other party flip-flops on their leaders. So Mm. neither of them can be the first to pull the plug. Uh, And they're both stuck with uh, duds. They got the duds. (laughs) I don't know. I think think Shorten's more in the position of like relative success in the sense that he's like the the Labor Party's stayed pretty stable compared to everything that's going on around them. Yeah, I think they're. I don't know. I, I can't see any reason for them to get rid of Shorten. Other like than that, before. he sucks. Yeah, there's that, but like, he doesn't suck like Malcolm Turnbull sucks. He doesn't suck like Tony Abbott sucks. Like he's just he's been there for long enough. People are used to him. He hasn't done anything totally fucked up yet. He hasn't been, you know. There's no smoking guns on him or anything like that. He went through all the royal commission. He went through all the fucking all the stuff that they tried to get him on with anything associated with unions and get up and all that sort of shit. And nothing stuck to him. And um, and the liberals are liberals and the nationals are just completely imploding. So it makes you go. Surely, surely they're just completely going for the small target strategy at this point. Just being like, stay, stay stable, stay small. Let these guys just totally fuck themselves up, and it's working perfectly well, except for the fact that nobody likes Bill Shorten. Uh, so, on our final question, uh, before we have to get the fuck out of here, um, dear friend of the show Lex on Twitter at Wokest Bloke, um, I believe. Theo has previously described him as having uh, the internet's most chiseled jaw. Wow. Is that correct, Theo? Wow. Absolutely. Yeah, look him up. <clears throat> Handsome man. Good old Lex. Uh, Lex asks, can you do an episode investigating the Apex gang menace plaguing the streets of Melbourne? And yes. I say to Lex, uh, please tune in next week because um, a, a good friend of the show is making a return appearance uh, to address that very subject, can we do a can we do a thing where we pretend to be cops? <laughs> Would like if, if you pretended to be a cop? Yes. Yeah, can, like can we pretend to be like on a, on a police radio? <laughs> yes, just for the whole yes. the whole episode. We're doing um, dramatic narrative theatre radio now for the podcast. That's mm. that's what we're yeah. pivoting to. I yeah. want I want to be an actor on like on like uh, the bill. So. <laughs> this, would be a, this would be a good Kickstarter for me. Yeah. Oh, well, in that case, let's definitely do that. Um, so, yes, please tune in next week, folks. And, of course, if you enjoy the show, uh, feel free to check us out on patreon.com forward slash Bunda Vista. Uh, you can sign up for the measly sum of five US dollars a month uh, to get extra episodes to bonus content. Uh, we do commentary tracks for movies every now and then. What was the new one that we said we had to do? I think what was the one that you guys said you were going to do. Theo and I are going to do Bright. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, you guys oh. do All Cop. All Cop was great. All Cop. All Cop. All Cop. I really liked All Cop. I think we're I gonna, liked it too. Uh, I've still not seen it. I'm saving it for you, Theo. I think we're going to try watch it on Friday. It's very bad. Yeah. It's a bad movie. Well, I thought I thought we were just going to talk about it. Like, I don't know. I, th- I think with the commentary track one, and listeners probably have an idea about this. I don't know, but um, I think a movie has to be really bad. Yeah. Which is why I was sort of proposing um, Bucky Larson, which is Ooh. renowned to be like the worst of the Happy Madison films. Yeah, I'm I'm mm. emotionally ready to do that with you. All right. <laughs> So there you go, folks. If you subscribe on Patreon, you can get access to extremely scintillating and intellectual content such as that. Uh, feel free to rate the show on iTunes if five you're stars. into that. You're in that kind only, of thing. Only yes, rate five stars. Give it five stars. Please rate the show uh, five stars and above. Keep it. Keep it to yourself. Otherwise, just yeah. Keep it to yourself. 
if you if you got a one star review, if you're an, if you're another person who has decided to own us by listening to us talk for an hour and then telling us that you yeah. didn't like it, either we're too socialist <laughs> or not socialist enough. That's true. That's very true. Um, so yeah, you can do that. You can you can rate the show if you if you want to tap on the five. If you don't, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. It's not worth your time. It's not it's worth not, your time to it. Not worth you know. any of that time. Yeah. Uh, but other than that, anybody got anything else for this week? No. No. Um, penis no. whacker man. Penis whacker mm. everyone. And a happy new year. <laughs> penis whacker man and a happy 2018 to you. See you next week. Penis whackman. <laughs> Whacking the pin, whacking the pin, whacking the pin. Whack that, whack that penis.